Psalms chapter 46 is where we want to be this morning. Talking about be still and know that He is God. And we just want to, we're going to talk about that phrase in the next couple weeks as we go through this. And just as a reminder, because it seems like we live in a world now, today especially, that's full of fear. Uh, and sometimes when we understand fear, uh, we know that fear can, can destroy us. It can make us weak. It undermines our faith. It can do a lot of things to us. And one of the most repeated com- commands in the Scripture is do not fear. I think I even read is like 390 times throughout the Scripture it says do not fear, do not be afraid. And if it's that many times in Scripture, I think it's something we need to look at. We need to understand just a little bit more or just be reminded of. But the question is, how do we do that? How do we live a life that we have no fear about what's going on? It's hard. And we just want to come up with some different things. Actually, years ago, a mother of eight children from Darlington, Maryland, came home from shopping. She was out grocery shopping, and her eight kids were still at home. And she walks in the door with all these groceries, and she looks in the living room, and she walks by, and five of them are sitting in a circle in the living room, actually behaving themselves. Well, as you know, kids behaving themselves, you kind of question it, but she didn't. Went in the kitchen, put the groceries away, walked into the living room, And she said, those five kids were playing with five of the cutest skunks you'd ever want to see. (laughs) Startled, she yells at the kids, kids, run! Well, that startled the kids. Kids squeezed the skunks. And from what I understand, skunks don't like to be squeezed. And it made everything worse because it scared her. You see, for the longest time, those kids were playing in that living room with those cutest skunks, all no problem. But as soon as one person got scared and it startled everybody else, what happened? Chaos ensued. In our text this morning in Psalms, David is explaining a similar setting. David is in a situation where he is surrounded by danger. The nation and where he is at is between some of the most powerful nations of the day. So there's enemies on every side. And if they give way to fear at this time, the fear of their now life could be very unpleasant very quickly if they result to that. You see, if they gave way to this fear, they begin to despair. And with despair becomes weakness. And with weakness becomes easy prey for their enemies. So that's why the psalmist says what he says as we're focusing on Psalms 46, verses 1 and 2, where the psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Now, I use this scripture a lot in funerals. Because a lot of times when somebody's lost loved ones, especially in tragic events, they're not sure. So I, I use this scripture, but I looked at it in a different way about fear, about life in general. It says, we will not fear. That's good theology. In fact, that's awesome theology when you think about it. In fact, it's not only great, but there's times when this no fear thing is hard to do. And I want us to see that. I know the scripture says multiple, multiple times, do not fear, do not be afraid. But understand, there's times where that's hard. Not to be scared, not to be fearful. Back in the day of the psalmist, there were lots of things to fear. I mean, just in that day, from injury to disease to death to storms to earthquakes, droughts and famines, and of course, another army invading your nation. 
So in many ways, we have it way better than they even did when we think about our lives today. Today, we have doctors and nurses and hospitals. We have insurance companies, say what you want, Medicare, Medicaid, retirement benefits, food stamps. We actually have housing for the poor. We have police, fire. We have strong military. And I could go on and on about the advantages that we have that David did not have. And yet, fear is still a powerful thing even for us. Even for us as believers. Even for us as Christians. There are studies that point out that even today, Americans are among the most stressed and fear-ridden people in the world. Think about that. Of everything we have, even the promises of God, we are some of the most stressed out, fearful people the world has seen today. But why? Why is this true of us? Because fear is a natural response to the unknown. We still fear what we don't know. We fear what we don't understand. We fear that which we've never experienced. And even we fear change. I mean, we, I'm just not talking church change and things we may change here in worship or at the church. We don't like change. The only change we like is what happens in the nursery, you know, when the babies have to be changed. And sometimes we don't like that even, you know. But we fear even that. There are things we can't control, and it makes us afraid. It makes us fearful. And when life gets hard, or when there's a danger, or there's a threat to our livelihood, or we face disease or injury or even death, even the most spiritual people among us can become fearful. So we understand, fear is a reality of life. Please grab onto that. I think each and every one of us would have to admit today, each of us have experienced fear some way, somehow. And when fear grabs hold of us and we become anxious, we become desperate, that makes us powerless because we've given away to that fear. So I want us to understand that when fear controls us, our lives can get really miserable because when fear happens, often depression kicks in. So when fear happens and we get depressed we kind of lock ourselves away from the very ones we should be around and sometimes we just want to stay away from the very people that love us and when fear controls us that happens it makes us do things we don't normally do but God tells us don't let that happen he wants us to understand don't be give way to fear in fact he says how many times we've said it do not be afraid don't be afraid of what's coming along because God is God and God understands those things. God says over and over again to us, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But again, the question is, how do we do that? How do we live this kind of life? How do, are we not to be afraid? How do we deal with fear when it comes knocking at our door? As you look at this text, I think one of the things that occurred to me is this. We need to recognize that, we've, that the fear that we have may be very real. Okay, That fear may be something we should be scared of, and that's fine. But it doesn't control us. And that fear may be something we need to know about. There are times that we fear that is not imaginary. And understand this, God knows that. God understands that. But also God is with us. Also, 
God doesn't have a difference in what we struggle with. God tells us we will face troubles in our life. Okay? So this is to get that out on the table. God says you will face trouble. In fact, in John 16, 33, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. Okay? So it's something we got to face. we got to be ready for it. we got to know that when it happens, it's all part of life. There's an old gospel song that says this, This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. You see, this world is not our home. But Jesus says, in this world, we will face trouble. We will have those things come in life. If we were at home with God, we'd be in heaven. We wouldn't have all these things. Even Revelations 21.4 tells us that in heaven, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. He says there will be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any pain, for the former things are passed away. See, that's what heaven is going to be like. No troubles, no sorrows, no crying, no pain, no fear, not being afraid anymore. Why? Because all that's taken away because we are believers. But understand, but in this world, we will face trouble. We've got to get that. One man was telling a story about he was trying to witness to a woman about Christ. He said that she told him that nothing was working in her life. She had lost a daughter in a tragic way. Her husband was cheating on her, being unfaithful, and she thought she was about ready to lose her job. And so he simply asked her this question. He says, when the world crashes in on you, to whom do you turn? So when it seems like the world's falling apart, who do you turn to? After a long pause, she said, I guess I just go to myself. I guess I just go to myself. Later, she said one of the most powerful words he said. She goes, I feel all alone. And so I think we get to that. I think I understand where this lady is getting because she's down, she's depressed, she's scared, she's fearful. All these things are happening in her life. She doesn't have anybody to turn to because she doesn't know God yet like we, she should. So she turns to herself and she's alone. But understand, God says that he's not going to let that happen to us as believers. What does God tell us? He says he'll never allow us to be alone. He'll never let us be alone. Psalms 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength. Did you catch that? A very present help in trouble. Right here, right now. It's present tense. Right here, right now. He's present with us. Or as God said this in Deuteronomy 31.6, He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You heard that promise before? Have you heard it before? It's in the New Testament. Do you know that? Hebrews 13, 5 says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. But why would Hebrews quote Deuteronomy? Why is it important for Hebrews to do that? Because the same promise God made in the Old Testament, He makes in the New Testament, so He's making it to us today. That He will never leave us nor forsake us. Because the same God made that promise to them, he's making it to us today. And just to drive that idea home, God repeats that phrase twice in Psalms 46. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. 
He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. And when we have this kind of attitude and we understand this full heartedly and we stand on that promise, fear cannot control us. It just can't happen. But wait, there's more. There's a really cool set of verses that says this. It says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. You see, in the midst of troubles, in the midst of difficulties, God not only tells us he'll be with us, but he will give us joy and gladness and he will refresh us. I love that verse that says, there is a river whose stream makes glad the city of God. I looked that up. What's the river? The river is God. It's a symbol of God. That's him. You see, back in the days of Israel, when armies would try to capture a certain city or whatever, they would surround the city and try to starve the inhabitants. But if this city had a good well, they could put off this invasion for quite a while. But some of those wells had to be filled manually. So sooner or later, those wells would dry up. But if these cities had a running river running through them, they could go forever. And as long as that water was clean and pure and crystal clear, it wasn't always, uh, it wasn't just not good, but they said it was refreshing. Even though they were surrounded by the enemy, they had that fresh water, that running water. I remember my great-grandparents, the farm where they used to live. We'd go with kids, and this is back in the 70s. And on the farm, they had the old pump, water pump. You had to prime it, so you always had to leave a cup of water there so the next person could prime it. And what I remember about that water, it was so cold and so clear and so good. You know, nothing compares to it because that's my memory as a kid, and I love that water. And that's what Psalms 46 is trying to tell us about God, how he supplies us with these things. That God will not only be with us in our troubles, he will supply us with pleasure and gladness. He will give us these cool drinks of water, drinks of joy, even, even in our suffering, even in our fear, even when we don't understand. So, now, right in the middle of Psalms is, is this interesting command. Now, this is a command, and the Greek is called an imperative, where it says, be still and know that I am God. There's two parts of this command that I want you to see. The first one is, be still. Okay, be still. We understand what that means, right? Be quiet. It means don't move. Don't fuss. Don't fidget. Because when we do those things, it's hard for God to fix things in our lives if we're forever moving, we're forever trying to fix it ourselves. He says, be still. And there's times where God has got to tell me, Kurt, sit down, shut up, and listen to what I'm trying to tell you. The be still thing is kind of, and I'll be honest with you, there's times where I do this, and I actually start feeling guilty. Because I go from, I need to be still, I need to listen to thinking, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. And God's saying, Kurt, for crying out loud, shut up. Just take time and be still. When life gets difficult, when things aren't going the way we want them to, that's what we do in life. We fidget, we fuss, we refuse to sit still. In fact, sometimes we even panic. We just can't do it. And the reason we do that is because we've forgotten the second part of this command. 
It says, be still is the first part. What's the second part? And know that I am God. That's huge, folks. We got to remember God is God. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God is all-present. He knows what you're going through. And if we remember the promise, He will never leave us nor forsake us. I don't care what we're going through. God is there. And He's going to ask us something here in a minute. I remember back when we was at Hayworth, we had a little preschooler girl get a splinter in her finger. Well, when the teachers brought her into my office, I was an EMT at the time. Of course, I could fix anything and do anything. But the little girl was having no part of this. You know, I wasn't going to touch her. I wasn't going to do any of this. And so we just set out the big table, and we had a book for her, and the teacher was going to read a book while I tried to take the splinter out. Well, what I learned very quickly was it wasn't going to happen. You know, so I sat down with them, and I just said, just kind of hold your finger. Well, she let me do that. So I'm, I'm just playing with her finger. Just no big deal. And after a few minutes, I get up and go get my tweezers and get my little needle, get the alcohol, not the drinking kind, the rubbing kind. And I have it set, ready. And so as I'm playing with her finger, the teacher's reading the book, I get ready to do something, and all of a sudden I see this little girl look around the book. So, I, okay, I'm not ready yet. So I play with the finger a little bit more. Looks around the book, just checking on me. Finally, she relaxes, and she's not looking anymore, so I pick up the little needle. I'm just still playing with her finger, so she thinks I'm just playing with it. I get it picked out, take the tweezers, pull it out. Not a fuss nothing what i had to do first was gain her trust that i wasn't going to hurt her and you see when we understand that's what god wants us to do is trust him it changes everything that we're experiencing someone not too long ago asked me if i ever got afraid if i ever worried about things i'm going to tell you right here right now i get troubled once in a while i have the occasional slumps and emotional lows just like everybody else but I think you can talk to Sarner, you can talk to my daughters. I don't worry about a lot of stuff. I really, really don't. Because I know we're going to have those things. And it frustrates Sarner to no end a lot of times where we'll be going through something or something's happening, and it's just like, okay, we'll deal with it as we go along. And that's just me. And tr trust me, it's not always that way because I also understand that no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, it's not my problem. So if it's not my problem, whose problem is it? It's God's. And God's got this. I know he does. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now understand, I've been in situations where I've been scared. You've heard me tell stories about being in fires where I could feel my ears burning. Or I've been in car wrecks where I've been underneath a car with a patient in the dead of night, so dark, and all I had was a pen light. And, but to that patient that was trapped and me being in there with her, that was the world to them, a little pen light in the darkness and having somebody with them. You're going to tell the story about being with a truck driver with 8,000 gallons of gasoline spilling out that the trailer had come up over him and he was trapped. And I'm in between this trailer and his cab talking to him, and he dies right there in front of me. And then when I come out, I realize it's not only gas, but there's electrical lines still charged, hanging on his mud flaps. That one spark, I would be done. And I look back on that now, and I'm thinking, you know, there's a lot of things that if I had to do over, I probably wouldn't do. But I also have this idea that if not me, who? You know, somebody had to do it. And there was only one time in 35 years where I really thought I was in trouble. 
that I really didn't think I was going to get out of the situation alive. And that was just one time. Scared me, but I went on the next fire call, went on the next thing, because fear can't stop us. I've learned over time that when we're faced with issues in life, with things you can't control, all you can do is focus on God and remember what He has done for you in the past. Folks, just think back what God has gotten you through. There are some things I just don't worry about because I know trials are part of life, that people get sick and they die, that tragedy happens every day to people I know and people I don't know. Yes, I get bummed out like everybody else does. I get frustrated. Yes, I even get mad. But I also know I've preached on scriptures that tell me to stop worrying about it, that I can't control it. But I also remember back. Or remember what God has given to me. And sometimes I'll just sit in my office or I'll sit at home or I'll sit just having coffee. And those things that I'm experiencing, all of a sudden I'll start remembering what I have in my family. I think about my church family. I think about my, my granddaughters and the cuddles I get with them. I think about the cuddles I get with Betsy or even Elliot when I go back into the nursery and I get to pick him up and I get to hold him. Or when even Lane coming in this morning, we all get a hug that was standing at the front door. You know, those times are awesome to me. Or just standing out front, talking to people, laughing with people, doing this thing we call life together, crying with people, supporting one another, knowing God has all this in our hands and remembering, again, God is God. God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. God is present no matter where we're at or what we're doing. And then that helps me remember Philippians 4.4, 4, where Paul simply says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again rejoice and the rest of that passage goes on to tell me to focus on the good things god has given to me so actually all of this comes down to this what is he trying to tell us what is god asking of us and it's simply this he is saying trust me he's saying trust me i'm god i've got this i can take care of this and when I do that, when I understand that, the promise is that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard my mind and heart. You see, when we get bummed out, we remember what God has already done. He remembers the trials that we, He has taken us through, so we know God is there. So what we have to do is we have to remember that God is God no matter what. That, yeah, being scared, that might happen. And what we're scared of may be very real, but we also know that God is our God. 